Well, the table is set. Can the Packers run it? Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58. I am John Meerdink, your host, along with me tonight, friend of the program, Gary Zillavy. How are we doing tonight, Gary? It's a great day to be great, John. It is a great day to be great, and we are going to start with some great headlines from the world of the Green Bay Packers, starting with the possibility that the Vikings maybe had a tiny little possible mutiny on the sidelines on Sunday. Now, in the words of our friends at the Scott Van Pelt and Ryan Rosillo program, which I guess isn't in existence anymore, is this a headline or is it a story? Let's lay it out and see what Gary has to say here. So the the facts as we know them, have evolved a little bit. Uh, The first story that came out of Sunday's game between the Packers and Vikings was that for at least the first half, the Vikings had gone against Mike Zimmer's game plan and the secondary had just kind of done what they wanted. Instead of having Xavier Rhodes shadow Jordy Nelson all over the field, they had just kind of played whoever was on that side. It evolved to the point that maybe it was just for one series that did that. And then I think where we've left it most recently is that it was just Terrence Newman, one cornerback, doing it by himself for possibly as little as one series. Those are the facts as we know them so far. But on the flip side, it seems like there may be something different or deeper going on in the Vikings locker room. Gary, what do you make of this story as it stands right now? I love how this story has evolved because the initial locker room report uh, was, you know, when the the players were being interviewed was very inflammatory. It was that they had completely defied the wishes when you looked at the stats. Nelson's stats sure seemed to indicate that uh, they weren't covering him very well. And um, I felt like as the week went on and the PR folks were able to get their hands around this story. Um, it the the narrative evolved. I'm not so sure uh, that the story we're hearing now, you know, almost a week later, is necessarily the truth. John, what's your thought? Well, I, along those lines, I have to point to something that happened on the internet today, Thursday, as we record. Paul Allen is the Minnesota Vikings play-by-play guy. You may not know the name, but if you're a Packers fan, or really a fan of football in general, you've heard his voice. He has some. I guess, shall we say, a little bit over-the-top radio calls. Uh, You might remember his call of Nate Poole getting forced out of the end zone to give the Packers the NFC North Championship about 12 years ago. No! Yes, exactly. There's the, uh, this is not Detroit band, this is the Super Bowl uh, after Brett Favre's interception uh, for the Vikings against the Saints in the NFC Championship. And there's also his call of Blair Walsh missing a field goal in the playoffs. Uh, last year all great but Paul Allen is a weekly guest on Mike Florio of profootballtalk.com's radio show or podcast or whatever it is and today they were on and Zim or and Florio asked him about this situation and and Paul Allen said basically and he reiterated this on Twitter later anybody who thinks there's some sort of mutiny here well we're just we're just laughing at you To me, that sounds like exactly what you would say if there was, in fact, some kind of mutiny because Paul Allen, for all of his merits, and I guess if you're a Vikings fan, there are some, uh, for all of his merits, he is a little bit of a homer. He is a company man, has to say the company sorts of things. To me, this seems like the sort of thing that happens in a lost season when a coach has lost a locker room. And Gary, how bad of a season has this really been for the Vikings? I mean, just about every imaginable (laughs) thing going wrong 
it's it's been really bad um and and i say that with with the biggest of smiles right uh you start out five and oh you beat green bay um you really i think that that week two loss was the packers lowest point of the season um maybe that was just personal though it probably wasn't but for me it was um then you, you lose five or you lose eight of your last 11 games you go three and eight down the stretch assuming that they uh beat chicago here to, to finish the season this has been a terrible season for a team that gave up a first round pick to save their quarterback uh position in acquiring sam bradford um this is just a really rough situation for a team that was the really trendy super bowl pick uh heading into this year so is mike zimmer gonna get fired <laughs> it, it feels weird to say that isn't it a little bit but it's it doesn't seem like it's outside of the realm of possibility uh, you I, know zim zim's one of those guys I, I don't think you watched hard knocks when he was in cincinnati but uh he was one of those characters who you didn't really cross and you didn't really mess with um uh, he had some very fiery language and uh i would not like to be his friend because I, <laughs> he scares me. Um, and I, I just can't imagine it working out very well for Terrence Newman or, or anyone who, who would go, come across him. Um, I think Zim's a, a tough dude. Is he coaching the Minnesota Vikings next year? Oh, I, I think he will. I think he will. I think that the, I think Newman's out, but I, I think Zimmer stays. What do you think? I think Newman for sure is gone. For one thing, he's 38 years old. And that's, I mean, cornerback for is a, a game cornerback? For the young folks. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. And he has just blazing speed, even now in, at 38, much faster way back in the day. But at 38 years old, I mean, you can do better than a 38-year-old cornerback. I'm sure the Packers will be sad to see him go, especially with how Jordy Nelson did in the first half this week. But I think, I think Newman is gone. If I was going to say yes or no on Zimmer coaching next year, yeah, I think I think he is, but I also don't think it's a hundred percent. I'm not even sure it's seventy five percent. But if if you're gonna see Zimmer go, then you start to have start to have to ask questions about Rick Spielman and and things like that up in the front office. So I don't think the Vikings want to go down that path. But a rough week and a rough season for the Minnesota Vikings. Moving along to our second headline this week, uh, this was the fifty year anniversary of a significant moment in Green Bay Packers history. Not the Ice Bowl, but the preview to the Ice Bowl. If you haven't read this uh, to the Ice Bowl, uh, if you haven't read this from Gary D'Amato of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel yet, you should. Um, basically tells blow by blow the story of what could be Bart Starr's best game as a member of the Green Bay Packers. I won't break down the entire thing for you, but two things jump out to me. Um, first of all, how exciting the ending to this game was. You think the ice bowl was intense? This one was equally so. Uh, the Cowboys were down to the Packers' two-yard line with less than a minute to go, first in goal from the two, and they end up coming away empty-handed, Packers sealing up the 34-27 to win to advance to uh, the first Super Bowl and secure their second of three consecutive uh, NFL championships. Um, the second one is an interesting statistical nugget that I want to point out about Bart Starr. Um, so, Gary, off the top of your head, I don't expect you to get this, but do you have any idea what Bart Starr's career postseason passer rating is? 
Well, uh, if I had to give you a number, I'd say 95, 94. Well, moving up the list, as it is recounted by Gary D'Amato, um, Brett Favre, for sake of comparison, is number 18 all-time at 86.3. That is statistically pretty average. Tom Brady, not much better. Just 15th all-time at 88 even. Aaron Rodgers, number 5, 98.2. Bart Starr, a sparkling career postseason passer rating of 104.8. Pretty impressive. Wow. You know, John, if you had a sports time machine and you could travel to any decade and be a fan of any team historically, is there a, a better option than Lombardi's Packers? I think I think knowing what I know now, there's nowhere else I could go. I mean, five championships in seven years, it'd be fun to just kind of plunk down in 1959, get a feel for how Packers fans uh, thought about the team and then just watch things develop over the course of the next decade it was it's unbelievable how quickly that turned around how dominant they were during that stretch and I guess how quickly it all came to an end as a result too because you look about look at I was actually just looking at this today um, because I was looking at Star's coaching record which is very depressing um <laughs> But if you look at how things ended after the 67th season and Super Bowl II, you know, Lombardi retires. People start getting shipped off to different teams or retiring or just can't put up with the injuries anymore. Uh, Star hung out until 1971, but those last five seasons, he was just not good. The 67 season, the, the Super Bowl II year, was the last time Bart Starr had a winning record with the Packers. For, for an entire season. It, it's a pretty incredible time. I think I would go back and see the Lombardi's Packers. How about you? Well, uh, just to be a contrarian, I, I would I would say that the Celtics with Bill Russell, when they won, you know, that that string of, of titles, um, that, that certainly would be impressive. Uh, Showtime Lakers, that'd be one to be kind of fun to uh, to be around. But uh, if you're looking football, I, I think I think Lombardi's Packers are uh, are where where you'd you'd have to start. Lots of good football there, and some good football coming up this weekend as we move to our third headline. I want to talk a little bit about the Packers playoff scenarios. All right, got three of them for you, Gary, and then a fourth one kind of as a bonus here. The first one is very simple. In scenario number one, the Green Bay Packers beat the Detroit Lions and will get into the playoffs as the NFC North champions. Pretty simple, right? Yep. Just win, baby. Al Davis, uh, I guess, channeling there. Scenario two, Packers can still get in with a loss. If they would lose to Detroit, they can also get in with the Washington Redskins losing to the New York Giants and Tampa Bay losing to the Carolina Panthers. The Packers get in on a strength of victory tiebreaker over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in that situation. Gary, how likely do you think that is? Oh, I, I don't think it's very likely that we're going to lose at Detroit, but uh, I do think it's pretty likely that the Giants will defeat Washington. I know I know uh, Ben McAdoo said they won't be resting their starters in that game. Uh, Tampa Bay losing to Carolina. Uh, Cam Newton's better than Jameis Winston, so um, certainly got a shot there. I know Luke Keekley won't be playing in that game, but neither will Doug Martin on the other side for Tampa Bay, so... Uh, I, I think that's a fairly likely scenario that before the game even starts, both teams have 
both Detroit and Green Bay have clinched playoff playoff uh, spots. So how do you think the Packers play it if they know that they're in anyway? I guess uh, there's so many things that happen seeding-wise after those other games play out, so the Packers could have the opportunity to, to really change where they're playing and who they're playing, depending on what they do against Detroit. Do you think it changes things at all if if they know they have a, a spot secured? I don't think it does. I think you want to get a home playoff game. I think that even if you even if you had it locked up, um, you want to play at home. I think the Giants are potentially a better matchup for the Packers as the 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 five uh, five seed in the playoffs rather than uh, Washington or Detroit again. You know, there's certainly that that possibility that um, you know that that Sunday's game is just a, a rematch um, or a precursor to a rematch in a playoff game, but um, that's kind of getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Yeah, I think that is getting a little bit too far down the rabbit trail. Scenario three is a little bit on the interesting side because actually the Packers and the Lions can both get into the playoffs if they tie. So if there would be a tie, both teams would finish the season at 9-6-1. and one. The Packers would get in as the NFC North champions due to their previous win over the Lions, so they have the tiebreaker there. And the Lions would also get in for a list of reasons that's about as long as your arms. I won't explain it all, but they are going to get into the playoffs if there's a tie. What do you think about the idea? And I think Matt Hasselbeck actually posited this. Both teams just do 60 minutes of kneel downs and tie and both get (laughs) into the playoffs. Man, uh, I I, I can speak for both of us. We both are in the Eastern time zone and uh, I'd, I'd rather not have 75 minutes of football starting at 8.30 uh, Eastern. Um, I, I'd like to like to at least be able to enjoy some of some of my Monday. Um, I, I, know, I don't think there's a way they tie, but but sure, shoot, be kind of fun. Now, the, the fourth bonus thing here is that the Packers can actually end up, if a few things go right for them, as the number three seed in the NFC. That would mean a couple things. First, it would mean that they are the NFC North champions uh, and they would get to host a playoff game. And secondly, that would mean they're also playing the number six seed team, whoever is the last person to get into the NFC playoffs. What has to happen for this to work out is this. The Packers have to beat the Lions and Seattle has to lose to San Francisco. Now, if that was, this was a couple of years ago and Jim Harbaugh was still in San Francisco, you say uh, that's that's pretty much even money there. But San Francisco is a terrific 2-13 and 13 so far this year. So I'm not sure how much stock you want to put into that, but it'd be cool to see. Anytime Seattle will lose, that's fine by me. And uh, Chip Kelly can do one good thing this season. That would also be pretty good, too. I think that would be pretty fantastic. So uh, of your three doors here, Gary, which one do you pick? I'm going with scenario number one, the Packers beating the Lions. I think that's by far the most likely scenario here. Oh, I, I just have this pipe dream that uh, Seattle's going to lose. So uh, I think the I, I, I'm going to pick San Francisco this week. Uh, I think we're the three seed. All right, number three seed Green Bay Packers heading to the playoffs. You'll be able to watch them host a home playoff game against a number six seed uh, next Sunday. Gary called it here. So we'll uh, we'll be sure to keep an eye out for that. All right, coming up. You heard Aaron Rodgers talk about running the table more than a month ago already. Where does that rank 
among the best sound bites in Packers history. Gary and I are going to talk about that. But first, I want to let you know about a new feature we have going on at thepowersweep.com. I mentioned it last week, and I just wanted to make you aware of it again. We have the opportunity for you to sign up for our brand new email list at thepowersweep.com. All this means is that whenever a new post goes live on the site, you're going to get an email in your inbox the next morning letting you know what is going on at thepowersweep.com. It takes all of 10 seconds to sign up. All you have to do is enter your name and your email address and click enter, and that will get you on our email sign-up list, just letting you know whenever something new goes up at thepowersweep.com. Real easy to do. It'll only take you a couple seconds, and it'll help you stay up-to-date on what we're doing at thepowersweep.com. Just give that a try and uh, see what we can bring to your inbox each and every morning, at least on the mornings that we have something going on that we'd like you to see. All right, let's talk sound bites. Blue 58! So more than a month ago now, Aaron Rodgers, I guess, threw down the gauntlet in a, uh, the kindest, gentlest way I think you possibly could. A saying in a news conference after the Packers lost to the Washington Redskins that he thought the Green Bay Packers could run the table. Uh... It didn't seem like much at the time, and people may have kind of poo-pooed it. It it almost could have come along the lines of Mike McCarthy saying that he is a highly successful NFL coach. But Aaron Rodgers said it, and now look at this. The Packers are just one game away from running the table, so nicely set for them by the Detroit Lions. There have been a whole long list of great sound bites in Packers history, and Gary and I are going to run through a few of them for you here. But first, Gary, is this the best soundbite in Packers history. Not no way, not no how. It probably doesn't even make my top five. I'm not sure. I'm, it's it's in Aaron Rodgers' top five, but I don't think all time it, it's the top five for me either. Let's talk about a few that are on our list here. Uh, Gary and I compiled this list together. Uh, Gary, what's, what is your first contribution to this list? Uh, well, I will go ahead and take the uh, shh comment by Aaron Rodgers uh, following a Sunday night football victory against the Houston Texans a couple of years ago. Uh, Those post-game interviews with the sideline reporter are almost always useless, um, unless you're Richard Sherman. Uh, But I really laugh. I remember laughing out loud when Rodgers came up and and they asked him, you know, hey, what do you have to say to your critics who are, you know, getting on your case? And he just shushes them. I thought that was pretty awesome. It was pretty fantastic because the Packers were kind of in a precarious situation there, and Houston was undefeated to that point, and Rodgers comes out and throws, what was it, six touchdown passes? Yeah. And they just absolutely blew the lid off. Oh, was it still Reliant Stadium then? Or I don't even remember. Yes. They've, cha- yeah. they've changed the name of that place so many times. Well, I was going to go with another one to start uh, from Aaron Rodgers. I'm a big fan of his... R-E-L-A-X, relax, comment. And it's something that I've used internally for myself several times over the years <laughs> since he said that. Just got to just relax. It's going to be okay. It'd be and a better soundbite if they'd edit Wildy out of it because that was a really creepy laugh. I love Jason Wildy, but that was a really creepy laugh. It was. It was not not one of his finer moments. And I think... I, I got to give him a little bit of a pass there because I've been in that situation interviewing somebody live on air when they say something a little bit weird and there's not a whole lot you can do about it. And sometimes you just react. And unfortunately he screwed up a great sound bite by laughing like a weirdo. 
Uh, I'm going to throw another one at you from a, a quarterback who was a former Packer at this point. Do you remember, we want the ball and we're going to score? Do I remember it? My dad and I were in the outdoor club seats at Lambeau Field that day. And I distinctly remember hearing that over the PA system and saying to my dad, did, did he really just say that? Um, really cool moment. Um, probably one of my favorite Packer games uh, I've, I've seen in person. So that's certainly a favorite of mine. Two things from that bonus soundbite from Wayne Larravee. Probably, I, I, I don't know if I can think of a better one. Maybe you can, but Wayne, Wayne Larravee's spur of the moment uh, call of Al Harris returning that, just screaming dreadlocks trailing in his wake. I mean, that's just perfect, isn't it? <laughs> I liked the line he had about uh, Sherman when uh, the Packers beat the Falcons in the playoffs, but that just might be because I live in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, always good to remember burning down Atlanta before it burns itself down again. <laughs> um, the second thing I wanted to point out about the the Hasselbeck quote was uh, Brett Favre saying in an interview later, like, do you remember him talking about that quote? Because I think, well, he said two things about it. He said his first reaction was, Ugh, Matt, you sure about that? And second thing was, I don't give him a hard time because I think if I'd been in that situation, I might have thought about saying something similar. I, I just like Brett Favre being candid about something like that. Definitely. Uh, third one I wanted to point out um, was one from back in Vince Lombardi's early years with the Green Bay Packers. Um, after his second season, they made it to the NFL championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And something unusual happened for Vince Lombardi. It was the first time and only time that he ever lost a championship game uh, as a coach of the Green Bay Packers. And after that um, after that moment, uh, he said to his team in the locker room, this will never happen again. You will never lose another championship. And they never did. Uh, Bart Starr, um, and of course the rest of the guys who were there for the entire time, but Bart Starr and the other guys won five NFL championships and Lombardi called his shot. Pretty cool moment. I don't know if if there's actually any sound of that. Have you ever heard that soundbite actually anywhere? I haven't. I haven't. But uh, I love how the next time the Packers won in Philadelphia in the playoffs was the initial wildcard game of their 2010 Super Bowl run. It's just a really cool thing in sports. Baseball does this a lot where you get these fun little quirky anecdotal moments that, that tie up to each other. And uh, it's part of the reason why I really love sports. So really like that little uh, nugget from there. Well, another one that I want to point out also comes from a coach, and it's something from this season. Uh, I was—I think you thought I was joking when I put this on the list, but I was not. Just tell me your reaction to me saying that I'm a highly successful NFL coach by Mike McCarthy is, is an iconic soundbite in Packers history. <laughs> it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't strike me as an iconic soundbite, but convince me. So here's, here's what I'm thinking there. I think we've learned a lot about Mike McCarthy this year especially because because of how the season has played out. Early in the season when the Packers were inconsistent and not playing well, uh, it seemed like all the fingers were pointed at McCarthy first and then Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers was not playing well, but it seemed like the person who got the brunt of the, the bad publicity was Mike McCarthy. A lot of people calling for McCarthy to be fired. I may have 
thought about being one of them. I don't know if I ever committed to that position fully, but McCarthy in the midst of that, that low point there, I think it was also after the Washington game stands up, gives a very candid press conference and says, look, basically I'm paraphrasing here to start. I'm a highly successful NFL coach. I've done a lot of great things. Uh, I've been in some tough spots before. I welcome the opportunity to, to face some challenges like this and, we're going we're gonna to do our best to, to get these things addressed and, and we're going to get through it. And they have. They have done exactly that. Uh, Mike McCarthy has made some changes on offense. His offense is, wor- is working. Aaron Rodgers is playing better. And a lot of people are saying, oh, look, Aaron Rodgers is back. But Mike McCarthy hasn't gotten the same kind of praise. I think that that's a shame. And I think him being willing to go up in front of the, the news media and say something that would be printed on his tombstone as a coach, if things didn't work out, I think takes a lot of guts, and I think it's a it's a pretty cool moment for him, regardless of how this season plays out. Are you convinced, John? That's that's pretty convincing. I, I'm there. I think I think they got to win a couple playoff games for that quote to really hold up. But um, I, I I I dig it. I mean, it takes some stones to get up there and say that. It's not easy to give press conferences like that, and and I think it I think it says a lot about McCarthy that he was willing to say something like that. Um, another moment related to wins, um, and being successful. Uh, this is probably my favorite one on the list. Uh, Charles Woodson, after the 2010 NFC championship game, when president Obama said he kind of implied that he was, he wouldn't go see the NFC championship game, but he would go see the bears in the playoffs. Well, or in the super bowl. Well, after the Packers beat the Bears in the NFC Championship, Charles Woodson says in the locker room, basically, if the president doesn't want to come see us, we're going to go see him. That one gives me goosebumps whenever I see it on on, on a broadcast or a, just a, a retrospective of that moment. Yeah, that's a really cool one. I think his his uh, one goal, one heart, one mind comment that they had on the inside of the ring, too, uh, that's certainly another good one from Woodson. Um, on the subject of Woodson, man, I, I, I know we probably will never hear it, but sure would love to uh, know what was said in the locker room. You know, broken collarbone, knows his game's over, in the Super Bowl. That would be really cool to know because I'm sure that was pretty good too. I'm sure that was. And one of the saddest things, uh, I mean, how sad can you be about winning the Super Bowl? But one thing I wish that had happened was that Woodson would have been able to finish that game. Um, first, because it would have made the second half of that game a lot less nerve-wracking. And secondly, because I think he would have been good for one more pick of Ben Roethlisberger, and I always love seeing bad things happen to Ben Roethlisberger. We will wrap up our discussion of great sound bites with, with one that I guess needs no introduction. It's three words, and Gary, I know that you know what they are. It is time. From our man Kevin Green, perhaps one of the best position coaches in recent Packers history. Just that moment when he's talking to Clay Matthews on the sideline, right before he makes the the big play, the big hit and fumble forced in uh, in Super Bowl forty five. There, I it's it's hard to describe that moment because it feels like you're taking a little bit away from it. But man, what a moment for the Packers! And what was really cool about it was we didn't really hear that soundbite until man, like a couple of weeks after the Super Bowl. So you just kind of, you get this this turnover and, and, and then as time went on, you kind of realize the magnitude of of all the, the cool quotes from that. So 
uh, yeah, I, I think that that the, the Kevin Green quote is 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 certainly up there. Uh, I think if I had to pick my favorite, though, um, I'll always remember we want the ball and we're going to score. I was the perfect age for that. That's that's got to be my my number one uh, soundbite in Packers history, despite it coming from an opponent. How about yours, John? Uh, I think of the list that we've talked about, it would be either relax or the Charles Woodson quote, just fantastic moments uh, from two very different kinds of leaders for the Packers. I think an underrated storyline for the Packers this year has, has been the leadership of Aaron Rodgers. He's he's done a lot, it seems, this year. He's been a lot more vocal, and that's always been one of the knocks on Aaron Rodgers, that he's not very vocal in his leadership style, but he certainly has been this year. So I think seeing him take a little bit more of that leadership role and, and see it pay off like this has been, been a lot of fun. But I like, of this list, I like relax and I like the Charles Woodson quote. Uh, so let's take one quick look at Detroit here. Uh, looking at Detroit, in Detroit this weekend at, at Ford Field, uh, what is your feeling on this game, Gary? Where do you see it, it going? Uh, close game, uh, blowout, what, what's your feeling? Well, uh, I think that there's probably two things that I, I feel really good about. Uh, first being uh, Green Bay is 9-1 and one this season when their defense holds opponents to under 30 points. So if Detroit <laughs> scores four touchdowns or fewer, uh, we're 9-1. and one. Uh, and, and the second being no Darius Slay for, for the Lions. He's a, a very talented cornerback, probably – I think Pro Football Focus has him as uh, one of the top five or six corners in the league. Uh, both, right. Yeah, I mean, he's having a really good year, and he was out against uh, Dallas last week. You really saw Dez, um, Dez go off. Uh, I think it's close. I think it's a close game. Uh, Jim Caldwell is a much better head coach than I want to admit, uh, and, and really – the, the NFC North on a, just a side note has gone from really poor coaching to, I think maybe four of the best coaches in the league between Fox and, and uh, Caldwell and Zimmer and McCarthy uh, really talented coaches. I think green Bay wins close. And uh, like I said earlier, I think San Francisco knocks off Seattle and we're looking at the three seed. Well, Gary, I feel a little bit like we've switched places this week because I'm usually the one who comes out with things like uh, pro football focus rankings and, and injury reports and stuff like that and then predicts a close game because I actually think the Packers win this one going away. Um, I like how they match up with a, a depleted Lions secondary. I think the way that they've been controlling the game with their offense and making uh, other teams play along with them has been fantastic the last couple weeks. And I just don't think that uh, Detroit can hang with them. And if it's if it's not close early, maybe Detroit puts on a rally late and, and makes it respectable, sort of like the Vikings win. But I think there's no reason to think that the Packers won't take care of business um, this Sunday and, and win pretty handily and get in the playoffs that way. So that's what I'm saying, and I'm sticking to it. Packers, Packers up big. Any final thoughts for the folks as we head out of another episode of Blue 58? Where can the good people find us, Gary? Well, you can find us several different ways. If you are a Facebook.com or Twitter.com user, go ahead and type in the search bar at the Power Sweep. You can also visit us on the World Wide Web. We have purchased our own domain name. <laughs> Navigate your browser to www.thepowersweep.com. Remember to sign up for our electronic mail list, as John talked about earlier. And finally, 
If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can send us a good old-fashioned electronic mail. Go ahead and write uh, our email address into the tuba R. It is thepowersweep1959 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Any feedback we get helps John and I make Blue 58 and the Power Sweep better and helps make all of us smarter Packer fans. That's right, and smarter Packer fans are better Packer fans, and that's what we're all striving to be. For Gary Zillavi, I'm John Meerdink. We'll see you next week on Blue 58.